Hey everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Frank, here as always with my good buddy, AJ. How you doing? So good, buddy. So good. Yeah. Uh, we just watched uh, episode five of WandaVision. Um, I, I believe it's called a very special episode. Yes. I'm also... Title. I'm also on a new microphone, so I hope everyone is enjoying <laughs> this. It's uh, it's always fun to upgrade our equipment, and uh, you know, yeah, we, we're 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 good. We're we're we've we've moved our spaces. We've got new stuff. This is uh, we're we're season four. We're we're a little bit more mature. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely you know upgrading, which is nice. The I hope that the audio quality really holds up on everybody else's end. And you know, if you want us to turn up the bass or anything, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I have that power and I'm going to do what I want. Anyway, so uh, WandaVision, uh, man, this show just keeps rolling. Like, I think the first two episodes really like tempered our expectations and now we're like back in and I feel like this was a a really solid one. Um, I I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there's um, uh, both angles of the story are, are being portrayed now from the inside and the outside. Right. I think that uh, is definitely the way to go. They um, had to, they had to continue that storyline as well within the reality of that show. Yeah. Um, and, and that is definitely great to hop back and forth. I think that's something we were thinking that was going to come with the beginning of the show. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know yet if it, I'm going to wait till the end of the show to hold my judgment to think if, you know, I would like to change anything right now. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing a lot of things on the, on the internet of like, well, if you're a big Marvel fan, you probably have enjoyed episodes four and five more than like the original ones. If you're casual, you probably like the beginning. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that like, it's hard cause the homages are fun and they're, they're entertaining and they've kind of become part of the back burner, but they're still there. Um, so I don't know. It, well, I, I agree with you. I think we'll hold our judgment until the end. Like the talk, like the talkie talkie part about why this is a TV show is going to be a very interesting talkie talkie part. Oh, and yeah. and I think that we're we haven't had that yet, and that is something that I'm very excited to see why it all looks like this. Like the, yeah. up till now, we've really only scratched the surface of what is really going on. And now there's potential active misdirection going on within the show itself, which is very interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, Marvel is very an interesting company. And I think that, you know, this is not something that they could have done with Ike Perlmutter. I think that this is only something you can do after Endgame when you've completely changed the world for movies and how franchises and films work. Yeah. And now you're going to they're going to try to do not the same thing on TV, something totally different. Like it's just so, it feels so fundamentally special um, that it's, yeah, it's event television of the highest order. Like you could never binge this. Like the idea that again, that Disney's is Disney is genius in the week to week release because it drives this incredible engine of buzz. It really does. I mean, and that's like what the movies did. And now we're getting more, uh, uh, just on a week to week level. I mean, like this episode was longer. Um, it, it's like, it's crazy. Cause it, they, this show, um, it has the distinct feel of like the MCU movie universe versus something like agents of shield or even like the Netflix shows 
or even the Hulu shows. Like, but it also feels a little bit like uh, Agents of Shield with the, you know, yeah, with the camaraderie and you know, kind of maintaining the in-universe, um, you know, historical, um, what are you, historical, the, 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 canon, the canon, you know, yeah. while also being, um, you know, kind of outside of it in a way to introduce new characters or play with ones that we already know. Yeah. So that I think that's part, the most fun part of it, that it's like you got the toys and you're bringing them back now, you know? Right. And the big... I don't know. I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe the first two seasons, and I think that there were some really fun episodes, but because it never had kind of the management that this show has and the freedom that I think that the whole company feels now, yeah, you know, they could never do the shit that they did then, what they're doing right now. It, and and I'm excited to see what's happening next. Like, it's I'm super confident of them that they would start with this, that this has to begin this cataclysmic event to open yeah there, phase four there's a reason there's a, a very specific reason and like yeah agents of shield like the season one twist um with hydra we all know about hydra from right. winter soldier like that was huge at the time that they could do that sort of crossover but they never like got to that level again and i i think that's why a show like they WandaVision, had dennis quaid <laughs> Like no, that the, was fun. I was I was in I was interested. No, they had, uh, Bill Pullman. Oh, uh, no, I thought it was I thought it was Den uh not Bill. No, it's not either of those guys actually. Paxton, it's Bill Paxton. Paxton. <laughs> we miss you, Bill Paxton. <laughs> we love you, Bill Paxton. <laughs> um Game over, man. Yeah. yeah the best no, ever. Yeah, he, that was huge. But um <laughs> okay, so before we get any further, um just be careful out there. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's already we're recording on Saturday. It's been 24 hours plus. If you haven't gotten spoiled yet, I don't know how because I did and it sucks. But go watch the show. Come back. Listen to the podcast and we're going to get into all of it. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about fun stuff till the end. So yes. and I'm watching the clock. So I'm going to really try to stop myself. Uh, OK, so uh, plot game for this episode. I want to play. Yeah. Um, so this episode, uh, we see the growth and of the twins, Billy and Tommy, in their comic-accurate colors. They find a dog. Dog runs away because of sword. Dog dies. Yeah. <laughs> Wanda prevents the boys from aging up. Meanwhile... Vision is starting to see the world unraveling and is ready to approach Wanda. That's it. That's as far as there's other stuff, but that's the, <laughs> that's the meat of what's going on. Yeah. That's the meat of what's going on. Sword is continuing to. Sure. Yeah. Sword is sword is out there. There. Yeah. We're at, we're at, we're bonus time now. <laughs> sword is like what I like about sword and what I think we all loved about the initial idea of S.H.I.E.L.D. was that the believability combined with kind of the droniness and predator strikes of the Obama years, like it, it always felt very grounded in a way that like they kind of got had to get away from it with the Hydra stuff. Like, yeah, it, and it's like also whenever you have so, like a character or a set of characters going along the journey with you, 
like they're learning everything we're learning and it, it helps because they can like they can explain things to each other and, and that helps the audience you know right um it, it, you're right it does feel really grounded and and I, it's it's one of the elements of phase one and like maybe some of phase two that like you miss and like it's a really good totally. way to bring things back down it totally you need those ground level people to give you the stakes again mm-hmm. and to build these new relationships and drive these new characters. Um, yeah. Also Wanda threatens sword in a big way. <laughs> um, in a big way. And uh, arguably vision too. Like they're not, they're definitely not on the same page. Um, well yet. I, I think that they have, that's going to be, I think, well, okay. No, no, no. Um, in this episode, there's, you know, it's just so jam-packed with juicy, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the beginning of this episode, I was like, oh, man, you know, what's it going to be to have, like, these, like, toddlers? Like, what are they going to be like to have little kids? And, like, what's this story going to be about? And then, obviously, 90s is going to be this Halloween episode with, like, 10-year-old kids. I, that I was thinking that was the direction they were going. That yeah. is not what happened at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is like what we were talking about. I was like, oh, are the kids going to age up fast? And like, they sure did. And oh, yeah. It was interesting to see that the kids had the ability to, to change like on their own. I, I, right. I, why they aged from like babies to five, um, it, it remains to be seen. Like, I do think Agnes is very suspect. Because, you know, well, that's the, the yeah, that we, we yeah, it, we're out of order now. <laughs> well, no, no, we're not. Point because, of order! Because we're not. Because, like, when the first, when they age up the first time, like, she comes over to help them, and then all of a sudden the kids are, are older. And so, well, she come well, my understanding was that they start off as babies, they put the babies down to try to get them to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. We learned that, um, Wanda's magic does not work on the kids. Right. And then, then Agnes knocks at the door and comes in, sprays the lavender over the kids and then they disappear. Ah, so, okay. It, it's possible that she has something to do with it. And in there, she kind of reveals a very interesting twist where she's like you want me to take that again yeah and kind of like stops the flow of the show because theoretically she's trying to play it as like vision spoke out of turn or didn't say his he, he didn't say his lines, lines right yeah and, and that's that's interesting because we've seen some of the things in between like that wasn't shown to the audience but this was very like very different um because it's not just like Oh, they. This isn't going to be shown to the audience. It's also like Agnes knows she's in a, a TV show or or some sort right. of like fake reality. Whereas I don't know if the rest of the people there do, which is right. obviously a theory we've already had. Right. So, okay, I'm definitely I'm certain that she's Agatha Harkness. It's so fun. That they're not saying that yet. <laughs> it's, you know what? Because it's like, we all know, they know that we know by now. Right? I, yeah. I, I, she's someone. I, I, I think putting our cards behind Agatha Harkness is a very good bet, but she could be other people. Who could character. she, who, who else could she be? I mean, so like, she could be Mephisto. She could be Mephisto or she could be working with Mephisto. Um, like 
because she keeps referring to her husband that she like we don't Ralph. see Ralph. So like Ralph could be Mephisto. Like and she had the cat that was Mr. Scratch. That was uh, Mr. Scratch is the name for the devil. Yeah. So like I I don't know. That or not the cat, the bunny or whatever. The, oh yeah, the the bunny. Um so uh, if if they pull out the rug on us where everyone like because Agnes sounds like Agatha like and it's not Agatha, it's like, oh, wow, what are we doing? <laughs> but, like, but it's, it's a good bet. I don't know. Because it seems like she's trying to help Wanda versus, like, manipulate her. I don't know. I don't I know. Well, that I well, don't know about either. So, maybe but, I, okay. I misspoke because. That's okay. I Don't. It, yeah, I, I think it, she, she, we'll keep going. <laughs> it's okay. So the, the 80s vibe in the beginning, I think, is like the mid-80s vibe, excuse me, is really fun and hard. Total callbacks to Family Ties. That's like the main, the credit sequence. Yeah. Um, they also copied... Growing um, Pains. Growing Pains and the shot of uh, like them running over the, the grass in Full House. Yeah. Which is like very meta. <laughs> very meta. I, I also am a little surprised because I... I guess I think of Full House as a, a 90s show, but it, it started in the 80s, and it, it has that vibe, too. Definitely. And when they start to get into the—the the show actually moves kind of twice because you see Ag- Agnes change. And I really loved her, like, more early 90s look because, like, I remember when everybody dressed like this. Right. Like, these are the memories burned into my brain of what adults looked like. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I love Seinfeld. Well, and then I guess the other element is, like, the kids aged up so like yeah. maybe that's a reason why that we're, we're kind of bridging the 80s and 90s like I, I it'll be interesting yeah it'll be it, interesting to a, see if they like go hard into 90s next week or if we move even like to the 20 2000s you know yeah um i'm curious so oh, a few things so in in that like at the opening sequence like you start there then they bring us into the sword sequence again right like it kind of jumps back into that which is Before like we perfect. Go like that. That's yeah. what's great about the, it being a show within a show. Whenever they get to the end of a scene, or they do their their opening credits or a commercial, like it's a perfect cut back to the the real world. Right. And they do. They're it's seamless. So then they you get back out there. You see we're caught, catching up with Monica Rambo and Darcy, Doctor Darcy Lewis and uh, Agent Jimmy Woo, mm-hmm. um, and they're all trying to figure out you know kind of what happened to. Um, Monica when she was in the bubble and they're going to have a nice expositional scene so if you've never seen any of the Avengers movies <laughs> like you're going to get pretty caught up on Wanda's whole history yeah <laughs> um, it's interesting you know they haven't named her as Scarlet Witch no and I think we're getting closer to that each episode I, I do think uh, we are I, I feel like this is like if if the other movies were the origin story for her like as wanda this is like the origin story for her as scarlet witch definitely and they're you know the groundwork that they've laid to kind of do this is very interesting um you know the i think the the biggest one is you know when darcy lewis is like you know the hex the hexagonal situation like she has the hex the hex powers yeah that that tracks that's great Mm-hmm. You know, we know she has these reality bending powers that she has both telekine- telekinesis and she's a telepath, uh, which I've always yeah. found interesting that like because it would make sense if she got her powers from like the the reality stone or the ether. But she actually got it from the mind stone. 
but I guess like her mind, I, I, I guess that doesn't necessarily matter. And well, it also may change. <laughs> we, yes, that's, a, I would definitely, let's hold our, hold it. We're so close. We're so close. Um, okay. So I'm excited that they're going to probably name her towards the end here because I want to kind of jump around a little bit because I want to cut right to uh, where Wanda threatens sword. Okay. So at this point, they're trying to locate her, and they use a drone. They fly the drone in. Um, Monica Rambeau has like a little bit of a conversation with Wanda in character in reality. And this is after they've learned that when you walk through the hex, you're not um, in a non-existent reality, that she warps the matter you wore before the hex and manipulates it to work within her universe Right. The example being Monica Rambo's outfit is now made out of Kevlar and bulletproof because she walked in wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> Super That's dirty. wackadoodle and wild, and like I love, I love that for them. Yeah. Like, like, I think that's just like a really smart way to show the stakes here. Yeah, that we are not playing with dolls. We are not playing in somebody's dream. We're not all just going to wake up and everything's going to be okay. Like there are actual lives at stake right now. Right. And, and then the, the element with the drone is they use the technology of the era of the show um, within a show to, to break that barrier. And so it like, that's how they can go in and it, it go in unchanged. Um, which, right. which is interesting. Um, but obviously it, again, it, it's something that doesn't show up on the feed. Um, because Wanda or someone else is is preventing it from being there. And that's how we really unlock one of the biggest mysteries that we've been wondering about so far, and I think they more or less confirmed in that sequence, which is that Wanda is really in control here. I, I, I think we were he hedging our bets that this was under somebody else's control of the broadcast, that yeah. somebody else was running this show and I, I don't think that's true anymore. And I yeah. think the main thing that they're trying to tell us with that is the fact that she is not showing the drone specifically. Right. But, but they also confirm that Wanda doesn't know how this all started. So correct. Cause she specifically says that and you know, well, I, right. But she comes to threaten them because we have this new footage, which we hadn't seen yet. Mm -hmm. Um, which is uh, probably what would have been teased at the end of Endgame, right? Or something along the lines. Well, I think this is a little bit—it's a little bit different than Endgame. I think. Um, I think Endgame was her leaving with Vision's body, like very recently after. Well, we know that it is recently, but it was on Avengers Campus, and mm. she's driving away with it. Okay. Her breaking into a sword facility is a little bit different. That's true, and, and it—I mean, there—we don't know how much time has and passed, but it, it's definitely moved, right? Yeah, it's not, like, instantly. Although it's, like, Vision technically died, like, five years ago. <laughs> so he's been oh. go gone for a while. He has been, right. And that would make sense, right, he's been dead for five years. That's true. What I also thought was interesting, that Vision had a will to not be reanimated. That's crazy i mean like good for him he's like i mean of course he's a he's very logical <laughs> he's very logical um no i it, that was interesting I, I i couldn't i couldn't imagine a robot ever saying that but right you know i guess but, when you and like obviously it goes against um 
the laws of the Sokovia Accords and his will. And so like Wanda's just really going rogue here. Um, we think, yeah. we think, we think, um, I don't know if that's the real footage to me. That seems mm. a little bit suspect too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, director Hayward, Hayward, Hay- yeah. Hay- Hayward, Hayward, not, <laughs> not Howard, <laughs> Howard. <laughs> yeah. He's a little, um, he's not a, I don't know. I can't tell if he's going to be a bad guy or if he's just being like, like, director suspicious and non-trusting and everything um he he's one that i think we'll learn a lot more about um especially because he's not only is he an antagonist to wanda but like even the other agents like uh, jimmy and darcy and monica are all kind of butting heads with him a little bit yeah he's he's kind of being that good douchey you know government you know, bureaucratic asshole character. Yes, yes. Um, so excited to see him. <laughs> you know, I hope that they give him a better treatment than the guy in Ghostbusters. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, so yeah, that scene where she's threatening S.W.O.R.D. I think is huge. There's also like an interesting element um, that like when she walks out, she's in her her costume, like in her Basically, o- her OG Infinity War and Endgame costume. Exactly, and so it's like, why does her outfit not change when she goes out? Unless she did that purposefully, like she came out and she's like, "I'm changing my stuff to look back like the way I I normally look to you people." Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's huge implications. I mean, she's very much like she throws the drone back at them. She starts to control. The uh, the agents um, pointing the guns at, at Hay- Hayward. <laughs> I can't fucking say it. Um, and uh, I mean, basically, he's like, "Leave me alone. This is the this is my life that I want, and I, you know, I don't need your help." And like, stay the fuck out. <laughs> right. Um. But obviously, they're they're saying that it's not even just like the the couple of characters that they've named on the board. It's like thousands of people or a thousand people it's a lot yeah, of people in there there's a lot of people in there and you know it's interesting to me that like you know that she got to this point you know what i mean yeah. like it, i'm curious to know how she actually got here like that to me is like the biggest uh mystery of it all like yep uh what is interesting and I hope that we do find out is that these people get to live and be free. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do not want her to ki- ki- I don't I don't want Wanda to Wanda to kill them all. And Yeah. Well, I that think, would be a, a very dark turn. <laughs> it, it really would. Yeah. Um and you know, we can kind of jump back in a second to talk about the scene with uh Vision mm-hmm. and Norm at the office. Ooh, yes which was a really great scene and really um, it starts out in the one aspect ratio, right? With regular TV show. Yeah. And then as vision slowly breaks it down after he, you know, kind of takes the hex off of norm, the character to be his real self for like uh, 30 seconds. um, You know, it's all crazy. You know, he's like, she, I'm in pain. I don't feel good. This is, I miss my family. I want to go home. I don't like this. Yeah. And, you know, immediately he puts it right back on her. And, and when he sits back down, he's in regular MCU aspect ratio. Mm. 
so I think he's now out of the uh, right because you know the he's that's him leaving Wanda's control. Right, because she's like, well, later when they're having their fight and the credits roll, like it's like, don't she says, don't I have control over you? And like he really is kind of on his own here. Like I, I don't think. I think she's trying to gain control over him again, but I, I don't think she's necessarily successful. Um, someone else pointed out that it was interesting that like when he touches the computer and touches Norm, um, it's yellow, like the Mind Stone. Um, but I, it's like Vision's reality is super interesting to me. Um, yeah. And like the fact that, you know, l- last week uh, we saw like the ghost zombie version of him with, the stone removed it's like is she able to one can vision exist outside of of this bubble two is is he like because he doesn't really have his memories beforehand so like is it just like some sort of mind control or is she somehow like downloaded his like essence in into this like it's so crazy and i i they're going to, exp- they have to explain more, but like, they will. Yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, the, the culmination of this show, I think is really quite excellent where you have vision learns what's going on. Wanda <laughs> threatens sword mm. in a very similar way to another character, which would be very interesting for them to tie in now, but we won't get to that right <laughs> at this minute. Um, and then goes back in and the dog dies hate when a dogs do- die. It, the dog dies with Agnes. Does, yeah. Does Agnes kill the dog to see if Wanda will reanimate the dog? Right. Um, I, I don't know. Is um, it, and, like, what's interesting is, like, Wanda specifically says that she can't or she won't. Or she won't, which is a very interesting um, take because we, I think, really do know that Vision is – brought back to life but it is not through natural circumstances yeah or in accordance with his living will <laughs> right yeah so like she's he, violated the law she <laughs> like yeah she somehow brought him back but like it it cost her more than than just using her powers like something else and had you know to what and she didn't even have to sleep with the a person who was not associated with the main storyline in his own apartment <laughs> against his will well um, we don't know that we may see a flashback sequence <laughs> it's just so wow like think about the correlations of that you know that these those two properties are, are going to be compared now that the, the way that they deal with this grief stuff I also really like what the showrunner, I think her name is J- uh, Jack Schroeder or something. I don't know what her, we'll find out what her name is. Uh, she had a quote where she was like, I think the crazy woman um, uh, storyline is cliched and played, and I think people want to hear a more complicated story about a complicated woman. And I really liked that quote. So it was like, oh, we're, it's not just that she's crazy, you know? Yeah, um, I'm pulling pulling it up right now. Jack Jack Schaefer, Jack Schaefer. I was close. Yeah, um, I, and I was confusing it with um, Matt Shackman is the director. <laughs> so like they both right. have those those names. Um, wait, so what? Are, I'm I'm dumb, and maybe um, we need no, to spell ahead. it all out for the audience too. Wait, what property are we comparing to? To Wonder Woman eighty four. Oh, thank you. Like that that the concept. I've already of, forgotten about that movie. <laughs> it's it's okay, um, but 
yeah, we, we I guess we could talk about that at another point. Yeah. But um, really, where I think the show kicks off is Vision comes, he comforts the boys. Wanda stops the boys from aging up in this moment. Mm. And that, you know, to say, okay, go back um, home. They, they settle down. Um, and then here's where reality kind of begins to crumble. Um, Vision and Wanda are having an argument mm-hmm. because Wanda now, f- uh, Vision now fully knows that Wanda's doing something wrong here. Right. Um, and it goes through the credits, which is super jarring and weird. It's really weird. It's, it's, it's such great TV. Did, that you, did you ever watch um, Too Many Cooks? No. Oh, just It's like, it's an 11 minute video. It's on YouTube. It, it happened on Adult Swim like five or six years ago. And it was like, it's kind of giving me vibes of, of too many cooks. It it's worth it. It's hilarious. It it gives you like it's basically okay. The premise is that it's a uh, opening credits of a sitcom that never ends, and it goes and oh, keeps going really? and going and going, and it keeps changing. And that's what it felt like to see the credits rolling. <laughs> um, yeah. So go watch that. That's your homework. Um, Thank you. Uh, I love yeah, it. it's really jarring uh, to see that happen because yeah, she's like, "Oh, I, I'm in control." She snaps to the credits, and he keeps going, and the fight keeps happening, and the credits go away. They both fly. <laughs> the, but the I was so ready for them to like really fight and throw down. I was like, "Ooh, I could go for a cool action sequence right now." Yeah. Um, but I also like that they like they calm the tensions, and. It, you know, and then we have the most expensive cameo of all time. Well, uh, before we, before that, I mean, I feel like they 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 hone in on some specific things with Vision. It's that like he's scared and he doesn't understand what's happening, and like they're really humanizing him. And it actually, in a lot of ways, calls back to like his origin with like Jarvis and Ultron and all of that. Um, I, I thought that was kind of interesting and. Yeah, but figuring out what his uh, his story at, at the end of this is going to be will be crazy. Um, but yes, let's get to the the cameo. We're thirty minutes in now. If you haven't watched the show, this is huge. So go away. <laughs> this is the meat. Of, this is the meat of the shit right here, everybody. So, uh, there's a knock at the door. Um, Wanda opens it. Wanda does is... not make it happen. Also, right? Yeah. So she goes over, she opens the door, the door is open, she's staring at this person with silvery hair, Wanda uh, Vision asks who it is, and we go to camera, and it is Evan Peters as Quicksilver, she says Pietro, he says yes, he gives her a hug, he comes in, he says who's this popsicle, and (laughs) fade to black. (laughs) He does Um, this like woo, um... Yeah. uh... So this is crazy. So, all right. So Evan Peters, if you're not following along with the rest of the Marvel movies that have come out before you were born, you Gen Z motherfuckers, uh, there used to be this thing called the X-Men movies, and they were really fun. And it was kind of the beginning of um, 2000 superhero movies, as well as some of the first superhero team-up movies, like the and some of the good ones. Yeah. Um, You know... You before X Men really you would have you know a couple of superheroes maybe you had Batman and Robin maybe you had you know a you know a made up superhero and his new sidekick mm. but they would never have a group of superheroes who are associated together um, fighting alongside each other you know against other another group of super powered 
bad guys. Absolutely. Um, and those movies, I think, were... First of all, I'm a huge fan of many of them. I think there's a couple of duds, but even the duds, looking back on them now, are still pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I have yeah, a lot of nostalgia for specifically the first one. Um, yes. I saw the first one in theaters, Colmac Multiplex, with wow, my dad. Wow. I'll never forget it. Um, and it, it set this stage for this whole separate universe. Um, this was back when Fox had the rights. They 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 kept everything um you know, just on, on the lines of X-Men, um, there was a, a whole bunch of them. And basically, about halfway through their tenure, they rebooted as sort of a soft reboot on the franchise um, and jumped back in time. Um, and They had first class, and so we were seeing the origins of Professor X and Magneto. Um, and so that that's when they recast a bunch of the roles, and we moved through time the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s again. Well, we also have to talk about Wolverine. <laughs> so, like, um, Hugh Jackman's portrayal of, of Wolverine is, it. I think it rivals Robert Downey Jr.'s performance as Iron Man. 100%. As, like, the, those are probably the top two most prolific and significant actors who continued their roles um, throughout an entire franchise is doing multiple films and being the standout m- some most of the time most memorable part yeah. of these movies yeah and they, um, I mean, he had three solo adventures um the solo adventures the solo the you know cameos so the cameos were were huge for him but the I would say that the Wolverine movie was really where everything kind of falls apart. That movie, I think, comes out in 2009, a year after Iron Man. Uh, Origins, yeah. That's, and yeah. that really kind of derails everything for a little bit. The the tragedy of treating Ryan Reynolds' first portrayal of Deadpool this way yeah. um, is just shocking. <laughs> right. Um, but, but really, they, I they, think, they what's the best back. one? What's the best what? I think you have Days of Future Past and Logan uh-huh. are kind of the two standout, you know. Yeah, I mean, I ones think now people say like X two is X2 also is also very good. Yeah, yes. so those are the ones, but they were able to bounce back pretty well after that. I mean, like it took time, but First Class is is solid, and then you know so is the Wolverine, and then the linchpin of Days of Future Past is really where everything kind of ties together. And like you said, it is all all surrounding Wolverine, like it. They they couldn't do it without having him, you know. I mean, obviously he's the heart and he was the heart and soul of that franchise. Yeah. And you know, really, Days of Future Past is his last like hurrah, and then Logan is the last ride. And and yeah. I think that you know at that point, you know, they're trying to do a younger X Men team. We're thinking about maybe recasting him. Hugh Jackman, I think, is in his fifties. I can't. I, I, or his late by, 40s. By now, he's probably in his 50s, yeah. Um, And he's just not... He's... I mean, he was, for a time, probably the most in-shape human being of all time. <laughs> and, he, and he always wanted to do, like, this Broadway stuff, and, like, I don't blame him for that, but I think the time kind of came and go when there was talk of maybe a crossover with X-Men and the Avengers and that he would really have loved to have been a part of that lineup. yeah. Um, but that ship, I think, has sailed. <laughs> I think it probably has, um, but you never know. You never know. Um, I, I think that would have to be... Oof, well, listen, right. because the, the big thing that happens here... So, yeah, um, Quicksilver is introduced in Days of Future Past. Right. That, that's the first time we see him. And so, like, that era is the 70s. 
It's um, the 70s, and he looks exactly the same in the 80s and 90s. Right. He does not age. No, most of them don't, <laughs> um, which is one of the problems with, with that franchise, but whatever. And so bringing him over means, like, there are so many questions. Like, is he— Yes. So how did, So the real question, how did he get there? <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's—Frank, let's, Frank, I, I'm excited to hear your theory. Okay. Well— I, I don't think I have one theory. I have right, questions. So give me a couple. Give me a couple questions. So one, this is literally crossing over from the multiverse um, and either someone else who's – I don't think Wanda did this. Someone else brought him over to replace her Pietro. But also, does that mean he, he crossed space and time? Because again, but again, he, but by 2023, he probably would look older. That's why I'm saying time too. Is this more just a, a wink and a nod to the audience? Like, oh yeah, we know that this guy, like Marvel fans out there, you recognize his face, but it's like a rebooted, just um, a new version of Pietro. And like everyone else is like, okay, yeah, th- we're just going to go along with it. Or is it not Pietro at all, and it just looks like him? Hmm. What are your theories? I got three. Okay. These are the main theories, I'm, I'm assuming. The first theory is it's stunt casting. It doesn't mean that mm-hmm. he's Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. It doesn't mean that it's... Um, you know, anything other than a new actor who we liked better as Quicksilver, pretty much hands down. No- nothing against Aaron Taylor Johnson, but the I think that they, it's very hard to make a speedy or a speedster superhero character, uh, superpowers, um, captivating mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that what Days of Future Past did was brought a lot of fun to the concept of what would you do if you could move so incredibly fast? Right. Like in a way that the flash did not bring to the table in justice league in a way that Quicksilver in age of Ultron doesn't bring any kind of fun. No. Um, you know, I, I think that's really the why. And also his portrayal, his character, that scene in days of future past is like iconic. And then they, arguably one up themselves in apocalypse. Like they do another slow-mo scene where, and it goes on for way longer. Unfortunately, what ends up happening is that's all the character does in these movies. He's got one big moment. He can do so much more. He's so, he's great actor. Mm -hmm. His uh, dramatic scenes with the other X-Men are always really impactful Mm -hmm. and interesting. And you want to see him kind of really participate with them. He's always kind of on the outskirts. It seems. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that we're going with this guy. I didn't love. I don't love Aaron Taylor Johnson's accent in Age of Ultron. I think it kind of sucks. Well, uh, so does so does uh, Elizabeth Olsen's accent, which came back this week, by the way, because she left the bubble or the hex. Right, right. But she can. I, I think she's better at mitigating it, whereas his voice was just weird and yeah. it didn't. It just didn't. Was it didn't gel? And and he's also I would British. Say our, I would also be also it's also arguable that like his character was killed off in Age of Ultron because of how successful the other Quicksilver was going to be used in you know the X Men franchise. Maybe we that's hard to say because like 
they came out a year apart and you know movies being made also like Josh Whedon is known for killing off main characters like when you wouldn't expect it fair enough um but you know I so the second theory and I think this is the theory that we're all hoping for Mm. is that he it's some kind of multiverse element that for some other reason this reality exists within a bubble of the multiverse and either Wanda or some other unexplicable force plucked a living Pietro Maximoff out of another reality into this reality. That yeah. does the retconning, you know, fra- frazzle-dazzle, talky-talky stuff that makes our dicks hard. But we don't know <laughs> if that's going to be what it is. We don't and I know. Don't, and it, it, I think that that's a very big ask. The only... the If... I don't know. I think that they... We know this guy. I think he's a great character. And I think one of the clues that that could be it is the leather jacket. Hmm. Um, That is his signature look in all of the newer X-Men films. He's always sporting a leather coat. um, And that's like his thing. And, and that's his, and that's also his manner of speaking and his character. Oh yeah. When he walks in. I I, I do. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's just recasting. I think that it, we are led to believe that this is, um, the character from the other universe, whether it's like an actual multiverse um, crossing or if it's just like some sort of illusion. Well, let me ask you this because I have some really great Intel that was found. I don't know if it's been changed, but as of last night, if you watch this show with the audio descriptions on, Mm. it says when, uh, Vision looks to the door to see Quicksilver from the X-Men franchise. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> they, did, so, they put that in there. So I think it's wherever, whatever it is, it's definitely from the multiverse. Okay. It's definitely building into this bigger thing. Well, the implications are huge for this. Obviously, we already know that Deadpool 3 is coming with Ryan Reynolds, but like he's a fourth wall breaking character, and we always just I know assumed... Deadpool's gonna Deadpool's so coming. Deadpool's so coming to this party. I'm telling you, to this show. I'm sure of it. Mm. I'm sure of it. He's I... on my list. Okay, all right, we'll see. Um, that may be, but um, I, I, his believability to cross over is way higher than any other character. You have Quicksilver come, and it means like, wait a second. That means like. We could get is Magneto. Scarlet Witch Jewish? We could get. This is what we've been talking about in my house. <laughs> I um, mean, probably. Well, if if she's going to be related to Magneto, maybe then yeah. then I would be like, yes, <laughs> she's right. got some Jewish blood in there. I um, know it. And, and then, do we get Magneto? Do we get Professor X? But then it's like we always assumed that they were going to go through and recast everyone when they introduce mutants and, and the X-Men into the MCU. But maybe they don't have to, maybe they don't have to, but also like, is it, is it too much? Have they been al- around for too long and have like had good successes and had failures? Like, do we want James McAvoy or Patrick Stewart back for another long haul? Like, I, I don't know. Okay. That's a great question. Here's, here's what I think is the reality. I don't think that's what they're doing. Okay. I think what they're trying to do is so we know, and and I know that we repeat ourselves a lot, and and I'm gonna check the time here just to make sure we're not going too crazy. Oh, okay, we're not so bad yet. Um, <laughs> yet. 
what we know is that this show, Doctor Strange 2 and Spider-Man 3, are very closely intermingled with some kind of longer story arc. Yes. We also know that Ant-Man 3 is called Quantumania. Um, I'm pretty sure that this arc all has to do with a multiverse kind of continuity existence and that what they're going to do is they're going to do the biggest multiverse. I think they're really battling in the same way where you had Batman versus Superman that year, the same year that it was civil Civil war. War, They're battling flash to do a bigger, better multiverse movie and how we can honor those legacies because of how successful the animated spider verse was. Yeah. And, you know, I think they I, I also think that they know that there's more money to be made in honoring the legacy of characters people are already attached to yeah. than to totally recast them from the get go and make people have to come along after the fact. What I think they're setting up is some gigantic cross rip and then a new X-Men. I don't think it's going to be that we're going to keep our old X-Men. Maybe not all of them. Maybe some of them. May, who knows? Um, but I I think that they want to recast Wolverine. They want to recast Press Professor X for sure. Um, and or, or maybe they want to keep James McAvoy. Maybe McAvoy's like, you know what? I like those checks. Sure. I don't have I don't have to work very hard. I sit in the chair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I sit in the chair and I, I point my fingers to my head. <laughs> also, <laughs> how concerned. do you how do you reboot Magneto in universe in the MCU now? That would mean that he's like a, a Captain America kind of character level old. That like his mutant powers kept him, you know, alive to be like 120. That's you true. Know, like, I mean, his origins are so connected to the Holocaust. Like, I don't you, know how you and do I that. And I don't want them to like I I'll maybe I'll get flack for saying this. Do not recast the idea of Magneto. Leave leave that for the Jewish people, please, God. Yeah. Like I know he's a I know he's an antihero. I know he's a villain, but like at the same time, he's a Holocaust survivor character. His arcs is are huge and the way that he's been portrayed is like very important to me. I would not like to see that changed. Yeah. I, I don't care what they're what they want to do. Honor that legacy and bring him into a new person or new powers, that's fine. Yeah. But like let's not let's not go fundamentally changing characters to, you know, uh, be- because they have to like th- I think that's what they're trying to say that by bringing in this person let's re- let's have the member berries before we move on okay I see where you're so we're gonna have our cake and eat it too basically like we're just gonna maybe maybe there is a, a movie where um maybe it's not the old cast because that's you know 20 years removed now and obviously we saw a lot of them in, in days of future past but yeah maybe we don't get uh, you know Patrick Stewart or or Ian McKellen, but we do get the the newer crew at least in, at at the start, and then maybe they can actually pass the torch um, to yeah. some new characters or something, um, which is there hard. are other other versions of themselves in another universe, like you know, and that's something that they winked at a little bit in Days of Future Past by having that scene with McAvoy and Stewart. But if you're going to have this big cross rip, like go big, you know, and it it only makes them more money. That That's the main argument. It only makes them more money to do this. They own those characters. They can call those actors. Everybody's had a year off because of the pandemic. Everybody's yeah. going to want that paycheck. Uh, and maybe maybe the way they handle it is the way that they they kind of are showing us with Pietro, right? Like you can have 
um, another person being the same with the same name and kind of a similar backstory, but look completely different. And they've done this on the flash TV show. Maybe you have Ian McKellen or, um, Michael Fassbender come over and meet our universe's version of Magneto Magneto and say, this is what you can be. This is who I am. And you have this power too, or something. And it, they recast it as a different actor. So they can have someone new, like pass, like Pat literally passing the torch to the new person. Um, because I, I think that's where their heads. Yeah. Man. I, yeah. I think that they want to do, um, there it's a, this is about honoring legacies. I think that Feige knows that that's a, he's also rooted in that franchise as well. I don't think we get, I don't think we get, uh, old, uh, bone claws out of the closet, but I think we'll get either Fassbender or McKellen or Stewart because they have given me new hope for the level of secrecy that you can get away with during a pandemic. Hmm. Um, the fact that they kept Mark Hamill completely silent for however long that move that show was in production is a fucking miracle. And I, I think that my expectations are raised. I think that they can do more casting like that. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm thinking if, if we're, I tweeted it this week, I think it's going to be Magneto at the end of the series. I know we're going to get Dr. Strange. That's why I think he's definitely more of a bankable character than an exciting character as a level threat. Right. But I also think that Olsen could have not, could have just been placating the person asking that question and, you know, didn't want to give away the store either. And I totally understand both sides. Right. And, and I think the timing of that interview, well, I don't know actually when it, happened but when it came out at least was right before this week and i i i feel like that this cameo the evan peters one while it's huge and its implication like i i don't think that's the one she's talking about it's definitely not it, it definitely can't not. it can't be and um but you know th this is like the first step this is this is like seeing Ahsoka Tano or or, or definitely but you know like this is our first tease of like wow this is they're doing this um, so that's exciting. Um, it's, it's just like as exciting as when we found out Spider-Man was going to be in civil war. Um, like the, this, these crossovers are happening. Um, so again, our expectations are super high. We don't want to be disappointed. So we hope that this is what they're doing, but we're, we don't know for sure. Um, the other one that I, I read last night that I really am excited about because everybody knows that I love the Fantastic Four <laughs> is um, the when Monica talks about a friend, a an aerospace engineer, and she gets all excited. Um, and obviously she already has like an interesting um, relationship with. Carol Danvers, like they were friends, but I feel like she's like resents her right now because she hasn't been around. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that this they're alluding to either Reed Richards or, or Sue Storm or all the whole gang and somehow tying in um, some sort of origins for for Fantastic Four, because we know that movie's coming and um, it would be really cool if they can you know connect the dots some way um with this show as as they continue to broaden uh the mcu with the, the characters that are now back from fox um what do you think did you see that yeah uh oh man um i would love to see fantastic four i don't know if i want to see them introduced in this way 
I think they maybe deserve a little bit more, but I am very excited if the MCU is going to take this, these big of swings in their shows this early. Yeah. And then if they're going to fill that out and deliver kind of on this week to week basis, as we've seen so far, like that's going to be a crazy year. <laughs> like the, like the level of expansion just week to week hour, you know, hour to hour <laughs> is a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not necessarily saying, Oh, they need to be fully formed uh, superheroes already. Maybe we never even meet them, but maybe we get a name drop like back in, um, uh, in, in like Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah. Mm. Like that would be cool. Just like to say like, we hear you. This is the direction we're going to go. Um, and yeah. Also, Monica, maybe her origin as a superhero has happened because of, of the little scan that happens in, in this one. And they like they do the blood draw and they can't explain it. I, well, I think we're going to get a reverse House of M. I think that's the big story here. Okay. And if you know what that is, you know what that is. If you don't know what that is, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, man. Final thoughts? Anything else you want to wrap up here? Um. Now, th- this show is everything I think we hoped it would be. Um. It's no, it's way more than that. I okay. I, I respectfully disagree. I I had very low expectations of this. Okay. I thought. I thought that them reordering which shows were going to come out, especially at this time, we know that in January is usually when studios will dump a film to say, oh, this is not as good. Um, But I think putting this first, I think, was a big, ballsy fucking move, and it's paying the fuck off. It is paced perfectly. Uh, It delivers week to week on the the content, but also uh, the the character development and the plot of the story. It's, It's... I never, I, I couldn't have imagined that this is really um, uh, as fun and enjoyable as it is. Mm. I thought with the first two episodes, it was going to feel just super hokey the whole time and that we'd be constantly looking for these Easter eggs and it would be like belaboring. But then it, it becomes to a point when it really in episode four where we're all brought in together that we're all included on in on the mystery. And yeah. I think it made it so much more fun. Okay. I, I think for me, uh, maybe it was like right before it aired. And once we started to see footage and stuff, like, yeah, maybe my expectations went down, but when it was first announced and the idea that it could be some sort of house of M like element got me very excited. And so I was hoping it was going to go that way. And it seems like it's going that way. Um, but yeah, I, I, I no, think that's I feel it. You. Um, yeah, so we've got four more episodes. They've, they've been getting longer, uh, which is cool. Um, yes. I think we've got a lot still to come. Um, and obviously we've talked about all the, all the implications. And ultimately, I don't. I, I think this story will be wrapped up, but it's also like the launch pad for Phase 4. So a lot of what we're really excited to see won't be delivered until we see some of these movies. And that's okay because we want to be excited about the MCU again. It's so fun. And what a great way to bring us into phase four, like genius. Genius. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, we're going to do the multiverse, but let's get there really slowly. I, you know what? (laughs) Like last thing this is not WandaVision, but Spider-Man, when the news dropped last at the end of last year about, Alfred Molina and uh, uh, Jamie Foxx, and then it 
continue to snowball with Toby Maguire and Andrew. What Garfield about Willem Dafoe? Like <laughs> Willem Dafoe is going to be the Green Goblin again. Willem. Like, and Dafoe. and not even like a Green Goblin, the Green Goblin, because they loved him so much. Yeah. They're like, all right, fuck it. But like, that's so cool. Like, ah, oh, I can't wait for that. That's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's the Spider-Man three news day to day is very exciting. I don't want it to get spoiled though. I don't want to know the story of why. Yeah. I want to know. I want to be excited to know what's going on. That's why I think they're very strategic with the trailers mm-hmm. <laughs> and what we've seen and what we haven't seen and kind of, you know. I'm also excited to see how Winter Soldier and Falcon fits in all this. Don Cheadle's back in that show. Love Don. Love Don Cheadle. Um, he's great. He's he totally classes up the joint in yeah. Marvel. Yeah, and he gets funny lines. He does, and I mean he's got his own show coming too. So like, right, um, Armor Wars will be really exciting. Yeah. All right, everyone. We we've geeked out enough. <laughs> we we did it. We knew this was coming, yeah. but we we had we you know we had to get we, we doubled the length of the episode. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, we are the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Thank you for listening and joining along on the ride as we break down WandaVision, uh, episode five. Um, please, if you haven't already, uh, like and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, you can find us on social media at LLH Podcast. Please uh, you know, leave us a rating or a review or comment or let, let us know what your thoughts about this show and, and the huger implications of, of what's happening. Um, you can email us at info at longlostheroes.net and you can find us on our website at www.longlostheroes.net. Anything else for you, bud? I am good to go, my brother. Thank you so much for breaking it down with me week to week. Uh, and thank you all out there for listening and tuning in and um, being our friendos. Yep. Thank you so much. I'm Frank. I'm AJ. Bye, everyone. Bye.